y'all. This is Sam. And this is Steven with my microphone on this time. <laughs> and this is Crimology. So if you don't follow us on social medias, then you're wondering why this episode's coming out late. Sorry. And it's because I texted Steven Saturday night or Sunday night. Um, and I was like, hey, friendly reminder to put the audio in the episode. And then I get an SOS text back. And he says, I didn't turn my mic on. Um, of, I die laughing at just the thought of an episode with me talking and then being like, uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> because you can't hear Steven and what he says. Um, so here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Recording on a Monday to be put out. Uh, you'll be hearing this in the morning. So yeah, uh, very quick turnaround on this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, hope, you know, things like this happen. So here we are and we're coming, <laughs> coming at you live. Hey, I'm just, I'm just surprised we made it. 18 episodes without having an issue right. like this before True. so True. i'll take that so i'll take it um like you said this is episode 19 um so thank you guys for listening so far i mentioned um in previous episodes that when we hit a thousand we made that pretty a big deal on our anchor app it tells us how many listens we get for each episode and so we hit a thousand plays a couple months ago and we're almost to 2,000 plays. Um, so just thank you guys for, first off, listening. If this is your first episode you've ever listened to, thank you. If this is your fifth episode, thank you. If you listen to every single one, thank you. Um, the numbers are cool to see. Um, and selfishly, it's cool for bragging, too. Um, me and Steven are definitely not braggers, so it's we get people who come up to us and they're like, oh, I listened to your podcast. And we're like, podcast? <laughs> like, oh, yes, oh, oh yeah. Um, but it's cool to see numbers and it's cool to see this. It's cool to see the support. A lot of times you don't, you feel the support, but you don't really get to see it. So it's cool that we're able to see it. So that's why I thank you for your support. So with that being said, let's just jump into episode 19. This week, we're going to talk about an 18-year-old, Joshua Maddox, who went missing in 2008, and then his body was found in 2015, but it left us with a lot of questions. May 8, 2008, Josh tells his youngest sister that he's going to go on a walk. Now, this isn't a weird or kind of out of the normal thing for Josh. He enjoyed being outside, and so this was a frequent thing that he did, so his sister really didn't think twice about it. He did leave on this walk and just was never seen from again. And also to kind of fill in this too, if he's also, they live in Colorado. So it's not like, a, you know, it's not somewhere where you're just going to like, just see nothing. Like it's, right. you're like, you're going to actually have stuff to look at right. in Colorado and like actually have nice, I'm assuming nice ones. I've never been to Colorado. Me neither. Maybe, maybe one of these days. <laughs> so... He get, he goes missing, and so now people are thinking, obviously, what happened. Two years before this, Josh's older brother, Zachary, he committed suicide after he suffered with depression, and Josh took the death really hard, 
but it was said that at the time of Josh's disappearance, like he was happy, he was in good spirits. So when he goes missing, this is kind of the first thing that people look at, but he was in good spirits. So his family doesn't really think that was a factor in his disappearance. This younger sister, Kate, hoped that Josh had just left town to start a different life. She said this also wouldn't have been far off from something that Josh would have done. He's now 18. Maybe he wanted to get out of the family's house and start his own life. So, like, this is the reason why the family, like, they believed this so much that they waited five days before they reported him missing because they were hoping he would just show back up or that he would get in contact with him. And so, like, this is Josh. And so... That's what we know to open this case. So police had no reason to suspect foul play, so they just labeled him as a missing person. A search was done, but nothing was found, and for years, nothing happens with this case. They have no leads, they have nothing, so it just kind of sits there. So now we are in 2015. Chuck Murphy was a man who owned a cabin less than a mile from where Josh lived. The cabin had not been used in years. It was damp, run down, rotten on the inside. So he decided that he was just going to tear it down so that more houses could be built in the area. When they started demolishing the chimney specifically, they found a mummified body in the chimney. After using dental records, they identified this body to be Joshua Maddox. The only thing he had on at the time was a thin t-shirt. All of his other clothes were folded up inside the cabin. So his body was found in a fetal position with his legs above his head and his legs were disjointed from his torso. So it's not a comfortable position. Um, So now the first thing I thought of when going over this case is when they're doing the search when he first goes missing, did they not look in this cabin when their search was going on? And the answer is no. So the cabin had no sign of life at the time of the search. So it basically was overlooked. Um, And of course, no one thinks to specifically look in the chimney to see if somebody's up there. But my thought process is if the clothes were still in the cabin, that would be an indication that he was there but just because of the status of the cabin and the way it looked um they really just didn't go into it because they didn't expect him to be there so an autopsy was done and they find out that there were no drugs in josh's system even tissue showed that there were no signs of trauma so no broken bones no knife marks no bullet holes so there's like nothing The only thing is that his legs were disjointed from his torso, but that's it. So there's no other sign of foul play involved. So they don't have any evidence to show how he died. They can only speculate. So the coroner said that it wasn't an instant death and that he guessed the cause of death was either dehydration or hypothermia. Um, But on September 28th, 2015, the coroner ruled the cause of death as an accidental death. He speculated that Josh had climbed climbed into the chimney 
and got stuck. But then it still leaves the question, first off, why is why is he naked with just a t-shirt on? And then how is his clothes in the cabin? I mean, it's not he folded up his clothes and then jumped in the chimney. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and that's, yeah, obviously. But, and then, you know, they that they guessed his death was either dehydration or hypothermia. And and I believe that if, because I don't have. Experience in. Hypothermia, yeah. Right. But I think is, um, if you're, you know, if you, the colder you get, or I can't even remember, I'm not even going to try and explain it, but. The only way that I can think of is if he was experiencing hypothermia, that he felt so warm that he needed to remove articles of clothing. I guess. And then, I mean, as f- for a fun time, jumped in the chimney? I don't know. So I I, I get where you're coming from. Um, and then he leaves. You know, he gets hot because he does experience hypothermia. And then gets in the cabin. But... This cabin's only a mile from his house, so it's not like he got lost. And then, I mean, again, I also don't have any experience with hypothermia, so I don't know how long it takes for you to get hypothermia. But you're not far from your house. Um, I mean, obviously, I know people can get lost, but if he's ex- like, if him going on a walk isn't weird for the family, then he does this often and maybe around that area, so he knows the area. So it's just, I do agree that he probably could get hypothermia after he got into the chimney. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that means somebody else is involved that his clothes are put in the cabin. So just all, already a lot of questions around his death. Yeah. And there's the, the other weird thing to me is how did he like the, the way that I visualize him being in that chimney is almost like he had to like, go in the basically like come in through the roof right what i mean like from the from the top and then yeah i just don't know it it right because if you would climb from the bottom you wouldn't be in a fetal position like there was there's no way that would happen you'd be like a stick person so you'd have to come from the top right so um chuck the owner of the cabin after this cause of death is comes out he said that there was a thick wire mesh hung from steel hooks used to keep animals and debris from getting in the chimney so he thought this ruling was wrong and he made it known the only thing people could say was that when the demolishing of the cabin started There was no, nobody there could say if that wire mesh was there when demolishing was started. That doesn't mean it wasn't there. They just couldn't remember if it was there or not. And when they went to look at kind of the scrap metal that they had from the house, it wasn't there. Um, But again, that doesn't mean it wasn't there. It could have been thrown away earlier or whatever. Um, but at the time of demolishing, nobody could attest that it was there. So the only, um, on the inside of the cabin, another thing is there's a wooden breakfast bar that was torn from a wall in the kitchen and then dragged to block the chimney entrance. So another question is, first off, who did that? 
And then why are you doing that? Um, again, my head goes to somebody else was involved and maybe thought there's some way he might crawl out at the bottom. Let's put this there so he doesn't get out. Um, yeah, because there's there there really wouldn't be a way. Even if you're like if you're demolishing a house, you're not gonna like pull that out and then set it in front of the fireplace. Right, you're gonna pull it out of the house entirely. Yeah, so that you know just. If you did say that, it was just one of those things of, to me, that doesn't really make sense of why that this, you know, why that would be there. Right. Because also, he wouldn't put that up there to, I mean, I wouldn't think he would put that up there to keep animals or, you know, whatever no. else out. It, it, it probably wouldn't have been big enough to do that. Right. So, that's, that's the only mark. thing that leads me to think of there was somebody else right or some buddies multiple people that you know right have man my <laughs> was involved yeah, yes there we go yeah. that's what i was trying to say so after chuck's concerns with the original autopsy report the case was actually reopened and the revised autopsy report said that the cause of death was either an accidental death a murder or an un- undetermined cause. So now they're basically just trying to cover all of their bases um, so that they don't have to open this case again. So Chuck still to this day stands by the fact that he doesn't think this was just an accidental death. Now, there is no... this. I'm going to talk about, I call him a suspect, but he was not a suspect in the case um, at all. It's just kind of neighborhood gossip, kind of speculation that the people from Josh's hometown have. His name is Andrew Newman. Andy was a pretty has a pretty violent history. He has served time in Seattle, Portland, and Texas. A phone call was made to police saying that they saw Andy and Josh together. The day that Josh went missing. Now, even a little further, a Reddit post was made in 2015 saying that Andy was a, quote, skinny, dorky hippie. The person writing this post said that Josh started hanging out with Andy and then that's when he went missing. The post continues and says that Andy spent some time in New Mexico where he became friends with a caregiver for a disabled man. After some time, he was invited to their apartment, where the caretaker went to go take a shower. When he came out, the disabled man was stabbed to death, and Andy was nowhere to be found. When Andy was arrested, he also claimed to have killed a woman and said he stuffed her body in a barrel. When they did discover this woman's body in a barrel, they already had somebody in custody for that crime. So they went along with that person instead of Andy. Um, So some people even called police to say that Andy was bragging about what he did to John. But in the end, no one was charged in connection with Josh's death. So like I said, he's technically not a part of this case the only reason he is is speculation from the neighborhood, just part of neighborhood drama. Well, okay, and I was reading an article while you were going through some of that, and then 
that this one brings up really good points here of kind of just like they're like kind of just an overall like like three questions of and it says so and we talked about this the the rebar in the chimney it said it would have prevented the entry of anyone unless it unless it really was removed prior to demolition or it rusted away as suggested by the coroner so there's you got both sides of that but i find it really hard to believe that i mean it said that the cabin had been there for a long time but i mean even still i mean you're gonna it takes a while for metals to you know fully rust away and i would again i'm not a metal expert but i would feel like for that specific like you know when you're building this house that this specific thing is going to do a lot of like it's gonna be a part of a lot of weather so you have to have it be this special kind of thing so that way it doesn't rust as easily um and so really you're looking at seven years between when he goes missing to when he's found so i mean i I didn't do a deep dive of the cabin so i don't know when the cabin was built how old the cabin is you know and then take a deep dive into how long does metal rust so there's questions you know when you think about those kind of things so but I mean, the fact that nobody can attest for that, um, I de- and the fact that the cabin is not livable, um, it's definitely possible that it just wasn't there. Yeah, and then and then the other two questions that it has, and and one of them we've kind of already touched on is why was the breakfast bar dragged over to cover that entrance of right. the fireplace, and then the other one as we kind of touched on it, but I mean, to to me, I'll get your take on this of what why would he why would why did josh remove all his clothes leave him by the fireplace including his boots like including his shoes that he had on right literally all he has on is a t-shirt literally it so like what and the fact that he doesn't like he doesn't have any drugs in his system so it's not like you know he took something and then got crazy he i mean it's just wild and you're just like there's a lot of questions that we will never know um i mean we have this one guy andrew newman who people say they saw him they saw him and josh together on the day he was missing so like he seems like the kind of missing puzzle to this case um, but nothing happened so it's just a case with a lot of questions and you're like okay (laughs) Okay, also since so I was able to find so did a quick a quick mini dive. Um so Chuck, he was eighty at the time in twenty fifteen and he actually purchased the cabin in the in nineteen fifties. Okay. And so um this was built approximately between nineteen thirty and nineteen fifty. So it's it it was there for a long while. But um the the cabin hadn't been used for a while and like you had said they it kind of had fallen you know it it looked abandoned basically so uh chuck's brother had actually lived there lived in the cabin until 2005 so there is three to probably four years of where nobody was there before right before josh went missing so So, that's a lot of time that literally anybody could go up there and take that thing off and 
Josh just comes in and I mean, I'm not saying I think somebody else was involved and I think there's no way you could, I mean, when I'm thinking fetal position, I'm thinking he's in a V, right? Like Mm -hmm. his, so you're not, if you're getting into, um, a chimney, like I'm going feet foot first. So I just don't see how he is found in the position he is by himself. So that's another thing is I think I want to, I think somebody else was involved. And I think if we found out who that person was, we, he, or they could answer a lot of our questions. And maybe they have their guy all along. They just can't prove it. So, I mean, there's, there's, this is definitely going to be a, very cold case unless somebody wants right. unless somebody comes and admits what happens right but that's episode 19 so now we're going to take a second and talk about our sponsor for this episode and then we will come back with our florida man minute all right now we're going to do our florida man minute this is where we google the words florida man along with a random date and just giggle about the article so to set this up, obviously, uh, Sam and I recorded one, but you could only hear Sam on it, so we're doing this one. So, I had a great one on the last one, um, but then I came to the realization about 30 seconds ago before we started recording that I needed to give Sam a different one, so then that way we get the we get the true reaction. So, okay, Sam, I'm going to ask you a question, as okay. always. What animal or uh, yeah, what animal are you most afraid of? Everyone laughs. Frogs. Really? Ugh. I just, uh, I don't know what it is. Frogs. That's my answer. I'm holding true to it. Okay. Um. So this comes to us. It's, it's a Florida man. It's not necessarily a crime, but it's a funny. I mean, I think it's kind of funny. A Florida man. Um. So May eighteenth, two thousand and seven. Headline is, Florida man bit on tongue by rattlesnake he tried to kiss. Whoa. That's unfortunate. Uh, A Florida man was bitten on the tongue uh, when he tried to kiss a rattlesnake, authority says. Putnam County residents Ron Reinold uh, was taken to a local hospital in critical condition uh, on on that Tuesday. Uh, He... Uh, the the following day, his family said he was recovering and and is expected to survive. Um, <laughs> this is one that gets that gets kind of kind of funny. Now now knowing you know he's okay, this it's kind of funny. Right. To laugh at. Uh, a neighbor said Reinhold had been uh, drinking while handling the snake. Well, first of all, I'm going to just stop my stop the story here for a second. Where would you get a rattlesnake at? That's a good question. Okay, so let's we can ponder on that one for a second. Because um, you can't buy a rattlesnake at like a... That's not like a... Right. You can't buy a pet snake as a rattlesnake, can you? I, not, I mean, not in listen, Oklahoma. I'm not doing it anytime soon, but... So, but okay, so uh, the reptile appeared calm until he moved forward, uh, moved toward it as to kiss it. That's when the snake bit him. Bit him on the tongue? Yeah, bit his tongue. Hmm. How was he kissing the snake is my next question. I don't know. Why is your tongue out? 
uh, let's see. He's, he said, I'm going to kiss it in the mouth. And that's when the snake bit him in the face, uh, said Charles Goff, who said he found the snake. Oh, um, okay. Well, there you go. Ron was just acting silly. This is all. This is all quoted from Charles. He said Ron was just acting silly. You know, I. I guess he didn't. I guess he said he could kiss the devil and get away with it, but evidently he didn't. Wow. So life lesson. First off, just leave snakes alone. Right. Number one. And if you find a rattlesnake, leave it alone. Don't. Why would you kiss it? <laughs> I can't. So. uh the authorities identified it as an eastern diamondback rattlesnake, uh, which is one of the 16 venomous species of rattlesnakes in the United wow. States. And just so everyone's clear, it's illegal to keep a rattlesnake in Florida without a license. Yeah. So apparently you can keep one with a license. So your, your question is answered by Florida. You can have a rattlesnake in Florida. As long as you have a license. How which funny. I don't know why you would want a rattlesnake. Wow. Because snakes are probably one of the ones that, well, and especially here in Oklahoma, because we have many different kinds of snakes here. Right. You know, you've you've got rattlesnakes, you've got, um, oh gosh, I can't even think of all of them. I was about them. to be impressed if you could name two more. I don't know snakes. Oh, I could probably name two. Uh, water moccasins. No. Um, yeah, those are, those are in the lakes around here, some lakes not not fun um and then one more I'll oh no oh there was one more snake that i just can't think of anaconda i got you no that's okay that's, but in the that's zoo. fun i and then i'm like can, can i see a picture of his tongue what that looked like because that's an experience in a bit of itself that would Could be, you imagine that would be great to know what that looks like but i this, this episode of it, it's like ER, like TLC has their weird TV shows. And so I remember, and this is life advice from Sam. It said like if you got, this person got bit by a snake on their leg. And so it was like every couple of minutes you needed to take a Sharpie and outline the swelling of the leg. And so oh, yeah. you'd like if your leg swells up that much imagine the tongue like he probably was he not able died. to talk for a while oh my gosh your tongue could have swelled up in your mouth and does that lead to your throat and does that I'm, i've got so many medical questions well my wife can probably answer that we can take that one off the pod we can take take that one offline well, we're going to because i've got <laughs> so many questions we won't bore this everyone. is a good one well I'm glad you seemed a little bit more interested in this one compared to the one I gave last time. Which That's really why you didn't want to do the yeah, same one from last just, one. He was just, disappointed in yeah, my reaction. I was just disappointed. I might bring, that one might be a special, just all by itself one. <laughs> but yeah, that's not not a crime. Just a, a good old Florida a man. A Florida man who was, just had a little bit too much alcohol in him. <laughs> And that's episode 19. So thank you guys again for bearing with us with technical issues. Um, technical is in quotes. Just <laughs> me forgetting to flip the switch up on my mic. Um, but thank you for coming back to listen to us in anticipation. Um, we, If you haven't followed us on social medias, make sure you do that. So that way 
if something like this happens again, you can be notified of it. Um, If you have any interest of being a guest on our podcast, we would 100% love for you to come on. Since 2020, Zoom has started to become a big thing. So like there's so many avenues that we have that we can have for you to be on the podcast without physically being here. So like there's no limit. Um, So come to me with a case idea if you have or if you just want to join in, I'll give you some cases that we have in the queue ready to go and you can join. Um, But yeah, literally anybody. We love to have people on. We love to get a third opinion in here um, because most of the time Stephen do- isn't aware of the cases that I bring up. So his opinion is kind of different, um, but it's kind of nice to have Lorsa or Taba on that know the case that we're covering so that they can have kind of a different opinion on it. So the same thing with you. Um, so let us know. that. We'd be so excited to have you. Absolutely. And um, you can join in our hopefully not technical difficulties for that episode. Right. Hopefully that episode is pretty smooth. <laughs> um, but like always, my name is Sam. This is Steven. And this is Chronology. <laughs> <laughs>